Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Uh, so we're in the middle uh, part two of a three-part series inspired by a set of tweets of yours. Um, last time I'm we talked about... I'm confused about how these are all connected. Maybe you're going to well, have we'll... to explain it to me, but we'll, <laughs> we'll... we'll get it as we go. You've explained it once, but I'm not sure I got it. Well, we'll 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 figure out, and and uh, you know maybe our listeners will uh, uh, disagree that they actually fit together, but they fit together in my head. Let's <laughs> let's explore. The, the next one that struck me as kind of related was you you had a tweet. You said, "If your whole organization keeps turning the same cranks, holding the same meaningless standups and retros without anything changing, uh, ask what goal the skilled incompetence is serving and what norms it reinforces." Um, the, the part I wanted to focus on this, the part that caught my eye, was not the part here about meaningless or uh, skilled incompetence, but rather the, the more common element, which is the whole organization keeps turning the same cranks. And, and what that had me thinking was that people get very comfortable with the routine and their way of working, and it's uncomfortable to change them. And, and I think that's last time we talked about introducing Elephant and Carpaccio and daily delivery and the resistance people have before they start doing it, uh, uh, that to doing something different. And I think that's that's what I, what I wanted to bring up here. And maybe we can talk about that because I had this idea of the value of change, of, of taking on new challenges, the, the idea of, here of, of changing the case. It, it really, it, it struck me as something that we've kind of alluded to many times um, but the idea of we're changing here because we think we'll get better results, but that we'll, we're willing to take on the discomfort to get there. So that that was that was the connection I had in mind. Got it. Okay. Well, I'm starting to to warm to this one anyway. But but I can certainly cite an example. So I have a, a client who will remain nameless. That they'll probably recognize themselves, but nobody else should. Uh, and um, this client was having tremendous difficulty delivering. Uh, I was coming in to to really make a, a sharp turn and and change what they were doing. And I suggested several radical changes, sort of like Elephant Carpaccio, not quite the same. Uh, and and the reason I know that they will recognize themselves and nobody else will is that um, lots of my clients will recognize themselves in this picture. So you're not alone uh, in, in, <laughs> in needing this kind of uh, rapid shift. And a couple of the folks at this particular client asked me, so Squirrel, you do this a lot. What normally happens? How will this change us? What exactly will happen? And I gave them a kind of a shocking answer, which was, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I was asking them to make a very substantial change, uh, really shift their um, uh, their uh, turning of cranks, uh, really move away from, in fact, some practices they believed were, were agile uh, into something different. And I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure that it will be different and much more interesting than what's happening today, which is um, uh, this mindless turning of cranks, the, 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 the same thing. You're going to get the same results, and you didn't hire me to get the same results every sprint for the rest of time. You hired me so that you could do something very different and get really different results. And I'm predicting that some of those results will be uh, less good than today, but they'll definitely be different. <laughs> and as a result of it being different, we'll learn a lot of things about what's good and bad, and we'll know not to do um, uh, th this part of it, and we'll know that that part of it is helpful. And uh, I've selected a set of things that we can do that my experience tells me will will let us do that uh, learning as fast as possible. And, and that is, in fact, what's happened in the, the subsequent uh, uh, period since, since the, they asked me that question. So uh, that's an example of, um, in some sense, that this would be a bad thing to do, but, but um, it's, it's sort of one, one way of just describing it, uh, making a change for change's sake, 
And, and that's not what we're saying. We're not saying, you know, just go out and pick your favorite book off the shelf and um, implement whatever it says just to make a change. That, that, that's not the argument. But it, it certainly would be helpful to shake up the machine and to try something different that you think has a good shot of um, uh, significantly improving things, as, as for my client. And don't worry about it if some parts of your experiment have negative results. That's still a successful experiment. Uh, it's really interesting to, to, to hear that, um, your description of that. I, I happen to be in a conversation with someone earlier today, and we were talking about this idea of improvement being uncomfortable. Uh, now, I, 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 maybe this is a chance to clarify that there's two different types of imp improvement uh, or learning that we might are talking about, or at least that I have in mind. Um, and this goes back to uh, Chris Argeris, who we've quoted many, many times. And um, he talked about the concept of double loop learning. And he made a distinction between single loop learning and double loop learning. And in, in single loop learning, you can think of that as sort of doing the same things. You know, you're, you're kind of, you have the same mindset and the same strategies, and but you, you do improve. You get better at doing the things sort of through repetition, but you're not challenging any of your existing assumptions. You're not cha changing any of your mindset. And the more radical improvements can come through this idea of double loop learning, where you're reflecting not just on your execution, but on the mindset and models and theories and values you have behind your execution. And that that's where more radical improvement can come from. And uh, But it's also more comfortable, or less comfortable rather, to do these sort of radical changes. And that the it's it, when we ask people uh, to try to do something different, you know, it's really helpful if we have a good rationale for for why we're doing it that would be that we're, that we're clear but that inherently you know people uh, uh, in my experience very often don't find themselves uh, um, on teams that are pushing to constantly be better uh, this the person i was talking to we, we made the analogy of someone who was going to the gym every week and you know bench pressing and they bench pressed 80 pounds and, and they you know they did that this workout and they did it yesterday's workout and the workout before that and they plan it for tomorrow's workout they're going their plan is to keep lifting the same weight <laughs> every single time but of course if that you, you go back and say well why don't we move to like 85 pounds what about 90 pounds 100 what about getting you know, on the treadmill yeah how can how can we how can we improve what we're doing but all those things will be less comfortable in, in the concept of a gym where, where people might have already as their goal like we want to be stronger we want to continue getting stronger that's seen as an end in itself but very often in the workplace people aren't thinking about improvement they're thinking about i just have to lift this iron i just have to get this 80 pounds lifted and get these sets done and then i'm going to go home you know it's like i'm going to you know nine to five come in do my reps and and get out and the goal isn't about improvement, it's just getting it done. Those are, those are some very different mindsets. Indeed, I was coaching someone this morning who was describing her relatively junior team that she'd just inherited and how they were really focused on outcomes. Their, their job is, um, they're, they're actually not in development at all. They're in, in essentially a form of customer service and uh, their um, mission was how, how many emails can we respond to? And um, the, the, it had no connection to selling more of the product or improving the score, satisfaction score of customers or helping customers to be more successful. It was right. how many emails have we answered? And right. that's a perfect example of getting trapped in just turning the same cranks. 
Exactly. Yeah. What? What? That's that's a, that is a great example. And when you say that, it reminded of my first job in, in in the industry, which is actually in technical support. And um, if if our goal was just you know get through as many phone calls in our shift as possible, um, that's you know that, that's not as good as if we could say how do we reduce the number of phone calls? You know how do we how do we make sure that that people aren't experiencing these problems? So it was very important for us that. Our experiences got fed back into the product, got fed into the documentation, and and also that the kind of um, answers we were giving that we would create uh, reusable documentation, so that if we did have a phone call, it could re- you know reduce a uh, what was a half hour call to a five minute call. You know, I, this is back in the days uh, where you know we might fax someone <laughs> the documentation that we wrote to help them solve their problem. Uh, it wasn't just you know, uh, be on the phone and get that done or write the email and get it done. It was also an idea of how do we improve the overall system? And the the point in the tweet was that uh, if you're seeing this behavior, it's very helpful to think about what it serves. There, there's some uh, norm, there's some uh, culture, there's some uh, uh, reward which is coming in for doing the 80 pounds every day, for answering the emails, for um, uh, 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 running your sprint and, and getting a certain number of uh, uh, story points done. There, there's something in the organization that's causing the organization to continue doing that to stay in in, in this inertial state, uh, and and what you need is something that comes along if, if you want to change that. If in fact you want to get better and and move to a, a different model and and build your strength in in whatever uh, situation you're in, then you need something that really wrenches the organization out of that. Uh, um, stasis that that it can get into, and if you can understand what's keeping it there, that gives you a, a leg up on working out what to uh, what to throw at it to shift it. That's right. So, in, in systems thinking terms, you're saying like, what are the dynamics in play? What are the, what are the, the the reinforcements in the system that uh, the forces and actions that make this the emergent behavior and that kind of keep us there. I like it's that. It's almost kind of not analysis. the dynamics. It's 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 the statics because <laughs> nothing's moving. <laughs> <laughs> what what could be the dynamics? What's holding back the dynamics? Yeah. So so that's that's really great. And so if you're, I think the idea here is if you are a leader, and we don't by this mean manager, but rather someone who is going to help shift and lead the organization somewhere else. If you're someone who is maybe a wannabe leader, and you would like to uh, move your uh, group, your organization at whatever level into a different mindset, into uh, uh, one of these different states. Um, of course, we're going to recommend a conversation, uh, as you might expect. And um, I think that's our, our discussion for next time, is how you can uh, 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 identify the norms that are there and actually look to uh, violate them to, to cha- and to challenge them uh, and as a way of uh, shifting and moving towards an improvement mindset. All right. Well, if you're interested in talking about that, or if you're interested in disagreeing with us, you can always find us at agileconversations.com. We'd love to hear from you if you're in an organization in stasis, or if you're looking to to shift out of uh, uh, this kind of uh, skilled incompetence mindset. Uh, You can get in touch with us via Twitter, email. There's lots of free material uh, there and uh, lots of other things for getting in touch with us and engaging with us. So uh, have a look there. And of course, you can also come back next Wednesday. We'll be out with another edition of Agile Conversations with this uh, topic uh, very much in mind. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.